right. So fear is the world's greatest salesman. Hence the title of the episode, The World's Greatest Salesman. Spoiler alert, the answer is fear. And uh, to illustrate this, illustrate how we all get sold on fear, I'm going to tell a story. Again, this is the craziness that goes on in my brain. Um, I'm ready for it. Yeah. (laughs) So imagine a newborn. You're, you're, You're one day old and you're going through life. You're two years old. You're three years old. Um, three was a good year for me, so let's use three years old. You're running around and you're just playing. You're just having the most incredible time. Anywhere you go, it does not matter. Um, you got all these awesome toys, all these awesome people. You're just having fun. And unbeknownst to you, you have a lifetime subscription to Faith Magazine. And uh, you're unaware of it, so you don't, you don't read it, you don't look at it, you don't use it. But you, it's there. You were born with it. It just kind of came with life. Um, And when you get a little older, a few years later, maybe six, seven years old, um, you start to see that everybody's talking about this, that these magazine services and you go home and you're like poking around your room and you discover that you have a lifelong subscription to Faith Magazine. And it's, it just kind of came with the deal. So you're reading it and you thought you get obsessed. You fall in love with it. You're like, this is incredible. I love this. This is telling me to just have fun and live my life and just be myself. And it's not until you go back to school the next day and then the day after that and the day after that, that you start to realize that the magazine that all these kids and the teachers even and um, all the adults that are around you are talking about is content that you don't have in faith magazine. So you're like, what's, what's going on? So you ask a couple questions and people kind of look at you funny and things like that. And so you come home and you're like, man, what, I don't understand what's happening. What is like, what is, what is fear? What is fear magazine? I, I don't get it. And everybody's laughing at me when I say I have faith magazine, they're judging me. And then you're like, whatever. And you continue doing your faith magazine and you're kind of in this weird place, but you're not giving it too much attention. And then something funny happens. Somebody that you care about judges you for having a subscription to faith magazine. You do something and they criticize you and they tell you like, didn't you read this? Didn't you hear about, didn't you know you shouldn't, you're not supposed to be doing this. It's on page blank of, or volume whatever of the fear magazine and you're like so now you're you're getting preached the book that they're preaching to you from is fear no it's no longer faith and this is somebody that you love a family member or like a lifelong friend you might be eight years old something like that around at this time or an authoritative figure and now you're like, I got to get my, I got to get this figured out. I don't understand what's going on. I'm the only person that I know that still has a subscription to Faith Magazine. Maybe they're going downhill. I don't know. I got to figure this out. So you call. You try to call their customer service department, i.e. you pray. And you're asking for answers. You're like, I don't know what's going on. God, could you please help me? Is that you're trying to talk to the CEO of Faith Magazine. And uh, 
nothing, right? You just assume that, I don't know, maybe their customer service department is uh, backed up or something like that. You're like, I don't know, whatever. They're not getting back to me. I got to figure something out. And the next thing you know, when you're at your most vulnerable point, the doorbell rings. You come outside, you're like, well, you open the door, there's a salesman. Fear. Here to sell you a lifetime subscription to Fear Magazine. And he's pitching you like, hey, what are you looking for? What are you interested in? Oh, kids making fun of you at school? No problem. We got you. There's a there's a volume for that. Uh, siblings, older sibling, uh, making fun of you, poking, like, bullying you, whatever it may be. We got you. We got this. Oh, parents criticizing you, telling you X, Y, Z, teachers saying that you're not a good kid and things like that. You don't know how to sit still, whatever it may be. Every problem in the world that you could possibly have at this time, they have a volume for it. They have an issue for your problems, right? They take issue in your problem and you feel like there's some kind of savior that's shown up at your door to give you all the answers to the problems that you're dealing with. And you're like, you're, you know you're sold. You know you want it. Fear knows you want it. But the only problem is you have a lifetime subscription to Faith Magazine. Right? So, sure enough, fear goes, you know what? Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it for you. We'll, we'll, we'll handle everything. We'll hash everything out with Faith Magazine. We deal with them all the time. You know, they're just... Their customer service department's terrible. And you're like, yeah, I know. I try to call and I try to get up. They're like, yeah, we know. You know, it's just not worth it. We'll take care of it for you. Um, we'll strong arm them or whatever. And so you say, okay, whatever. Sign me up. And now you have subscribed to fear. You have now signed your life away to fear magazine. And it's not until you have that, like, and now all of a sudden all your problems are alleviated. You got something in common with everybody else around you. You're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. I get it. Oh, don't worry. You're selfish? Me too. That's what my, that's what I was told. Awesome. Cool. So now I'm just going to pander to everybody. I'm going to be a people pleaser. I'm going to do whatever everybody else tells me to do. And you quite literally become a an advocate like a you're just preaching fear now instead of what you had you had to go through so much trouble to get a subscription of fear magazine thinking it was going to solve all your problems and it's not until you get older that you realize that it just amplified everything and you you didn't pay a dime in your mind for fear magazine but in reality you paid more than you can afford. And then now we want to switch back. And now for real, you can't get a hold of anybody at fear, this and that. You're trying to deal with fear to cancel your subscription so you can get back to faith when you understand this and you understand that it's not serving you and you're like, I don't really align with this. I don't like this. This is not serving me, this, that. I want to live my life in faith or with faith. Even if it's nothing else, I want to have faith in myself. I, I don't even, because I'm a member of fear, I don't even get to have faith in myself. I have to have fear in myself. That's just not doing me any justice. I'm going to cancel. 
He can't. I mean, you can. Well, I'm saying you having trouble. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I love that analogy. I think it's really important to put it in the forefront of kind of day-to-day life. I mean, I don't believe that we were all meant to be on this earth to have limiting beliefs and have all these fears, but I do believe that essentially at some point in our lives— we just heard things and we were told to do certain things and follow the rules and status quo and blah, 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 which molded us into the person that everybody else wanted us to be. And we never, number one, knew who we were and nor did we get a chance to live as who we are. No. So it's not until we get older and no- normally it's people who like when traumatic events happen or something happens is when people are like, okay, I need to figure out who I am. Mm-hmm. We're advocating. Why are we waiting? Mm-hmm. Why are we waiting till something bad happens to figure out who you are? Where if we're, if you're living in a place of complacency or you're happy or you're good, this is the perfect time to kind of shake things up and figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. So I love that analogy. I think it's so great. Yeah. I, yeah. I, again, I have no idea where it came from, but it, it was a little long winded, but that's fine. Yeah. It was definitely long winded. I, I got carried away in it. I was in the story. I was, I was signing my name on the dotted line. Um, but it's just like, Oh, you got sold on blank or oh, you got sold on blank. And when, when people, talk about you got sold on blank or you bought into so-and-so and it's said in a condescending manner it's because you got scammed so you were sold on fear you bought into the ideology of fear mm-hmm. you we were scammed everybody we were scammed because fear is not are. yeah i'm sorry that's what i'm saying so like but you've been we've been reading this every single issue Every single page, multiple times, over and over and over again, just at different stages of our life, they've just tweaked the content. There, but the key words are the same. You got fear, you got stress, you got anxiety, you got judgment, you got uh, selfish. You, there's, it's universal. Their key words that they market to us with are consistent. They just tailor the stories depending on what age you're in, and it becomes so ingrained in us that it is hard. It's like it's super hard to peel back those layers. But it's so freeing, and it's, I mean, in reality, it's so necessary. What do you think um, are some of the first steps you took once you realized that you were being ran or you had subscribed to fear to, like, help you peel back those layers? Like, what were some of the things that you did? Well, for me, honestly, I believe that you have, like, so there was a point where I was depressed. I had anxiety. I'm trying to. This was after I quit and I'm trying to get everything up and running and I'm trying to get music going and I'm trying to build business through music. I have no idea how. And that's when we were going sideways. Like I just had so much on my shoulders, so much on my plate that I had anxiety. I was day to day walking around with it, day to day walking with depression. And even after that day that I had said it, still didn't get rid of it right away. And I went back to living life as is. But this is all before I knew I was being run by fear. And it, when I figured out, when I hit the, I was like, oh, it's fear. Now I made you. You're no longer this ambiguous, uh, like in Harry Potter, there's like these Dementors, right? Like the, you're no longer this thing that is just 
so scary, so big, something that you cannot defeat. I made you now. I found you. I just, I revealed you. I unmasked you. Now you can't touch me because I'll go to war now. Now I know what I'm going to war with. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And as soon as I unmasked it, it was terrified because it's looking eye to eye with, for me, it was somebody that I would, I would, you would, you would, it was going to have to kill me. But that's just how it, it is. We're terrified of fear because we have not defined it. Once you define what your fear looks like, you just give it a, a persona. You personify your fear. You're unstoppable. That's crazy. Um, Rachel Hollis is my best friend. She doesn't know it yet, but uh, she once said new levels, new devils. So kind of you and I have been on this journey quite a bit and we've been moving at a rate that's not really normal and we've been growing and learning so much. So we, we kind of have felt that fear creeping in and very different, like it morphs into different forms and ways. Like we know that life isn't perfect and shit continues to happen and now it's getting like the fear is getting smarter and smarter and smarter. So it's just, I find it's not fun while I'm going through it, but after the fact, it's actually really cool to be like, Oh my gosh, the last few weeks I was operating out of fear, not out of love or faith. Mm-hmm. And it's just cool to put the pieces together. So she says new levels, new devils. And I think it's really true mm-hmm. for you. So like, I guess since my situation was so different with fear, I don't know if it, I don't know how different it really is. I'm sure a lot of people have gone through it in that same manner. But when you unmasked fear or like, how did you attack fear? Yeah. So obviously I got to watch you go through your journey. And when you realized that fear was had you with so many roadblocks, I was I felt like there there's not really that much trauma in my life. And I didn't really. I was, I was operating out of pure ego. I was, I felt like there was nothing wrong with my life. Therefore everything was fine and I was fine. But where would, where would the being angry come from or being sad random days come from or whatever? So I had to sit and actually figure out like, okay, what are some things that really did bother me? Like, Obviously, if I'm not operating out of being happy all the time and being my best self and knowing, like, who I am, then there is fear. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't know how to find it. And for me, it wasn't, again, there was not really any trauma. So, like, just different little pieces I had to put together regarding, I know self-love was really big on me. So why, why was that big on me? And I just kept asking why and why and why. And then I got to the point where I realized, well, my mom, she always cared for other people and never really took care of herself. Mm -hmm. Therefore she made me extremely independent. Mm -hmm. And then I took that to a whole nother level. So the dots were connecting but I think that's how it kind of started for me. But now it's a new game because I know I have identified my fear. I know that she's a, yeah. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, she sucks. So when she appears, I can kind of figure it out. But it's usually after the fact. Cause I'm like, why have I been off for yeah. so long? Yeah. But then it all boils back down for me is not taking care of myself, which is tying everything that I believe in. And we do mm-hmm. back to that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's giving it like characterizing what fear is, like what your fear is. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that 
perspective shift is so crucial. Like it's not, what am I scared of necessarily? Like the beginning phases, it's not, what am I scared of? It's how do I act when I am being fearful? I think that's a really important thing that you said, because I think for the longest time I even looked at fear, like, Oh, I don't have any fears. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not fearful. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared of anything. And that's not how it is. It's like, what situations cause you to be so uncomfortable that you conform or what situations make you not be or stay true to who you are because you're worried about what other people are going to say. I mean, we've talked about it, the fear of survival and the fear of acceptance. Yeah. The two, two ultimate fears. And which all ends up being the fear of survival, life or death. And if you, if you sit back and rationalize some of the things that you're fearful of, you realize that, this day and age, it's not a valid fear. Like, well, so that's the thing, right? So fear, um, it, so I read this book called the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, highly recommended by the way, one of the most incredible books I've ever read. Someday soon. Yeah. Um, but it's in essence, he's talking about, uh, there's this term, Resistance, And he talks about how essentially fear deploys resistance. So if you're setting out to do something or if you are supposed to be sitting down and writing something that is going to benefit you or working on a deal or whatever that's going to benefit you, you know this and you face resistance on your way to the computer chair or uh, like to your computer desk or on the way to doing this thing that's good for you, that's resistance because fear deploys resistance to keep you from actualizing who you really are. So I think reading that book really helped me shift my understanding of what fear is. Like it took me from, oh, I'm not scared of you know, even if I'm scared of things, I'll do it. No, I was, I'm courage. That's courage. Courage is not, or bravery is not uh, feeling fear. It's acting in the face of fear anyways. I think another book that really, I mean, I learned through you, but outwitting the devil. Oh yeah. That one was, that one was really eye opening for me when you would explain what you were reading. And I was like, Holy crap. Like, because fear is essentially like, new levels, new devils. It's smart. It wants you to subscribe to its magazine so bad, mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll do anything to get you on its side. It's a cheap, cheap salesman. Yeah. And it's, I mean, outwitting the devil is just, that one is just, that one's next level. Like, yeah. and that's what it is. So, like, how did I get, how did I define what my fear looked like? I literally... I was going through the the mentorship, the state grad and mentorship course, right? So Rajana, shout out to Rajana. I was going through that course and he was just like randomly through the modules. He was like, you got to read uh, War of Art. So I think that was the first book that I read or it might have been the second after the compound effect. And then I think in passing, he mentioned Outwitting the Devil. And when I read, I... While I was reading The War of Art, I became obsessed because I was I was like, oh, my God, resistance. This, it's a, he's 
Stephen Pressfield is talking about the resistance that an artist faces. And an artist could be an entrepreneur. It could be a, uh, a therapist. It could be a bodybuilder. It could be anybody. If you're, if you're take pride and create your, your field of play. And it talked to me so much, I got obsessed with it. And then it took, I think because of that obsession, I fully immersed myself in outwitting the devil. And I was like, oh my God, because these are thoughts that I've always had. And my, my mind is crazy. And I'm like, why are things that way? Like, what if I was joked that I'm going to tell one of my friend's kids that this guy is green just to see <laughs> conditioning. Now I understand conditioning, so I know it would work, so I won't do it. <laughs> but... I'm always like, well, why? If, if another human being told me, I can't just buy it as fact. And outwitting the devil just highlights that, that we are told. Like Napoleon Hill has an interview, quote unquote, interview with the devil. And he just confesses and he's like, I tell you certain things in different forms. Basically, X, Y, Z, all these different people are part of my army. Even though they mean well, they don't know that they're a part of my army because they forgot that they subscribed to me way back when. I have a question. Yeah. Um, how do you think this relates to like our culture and how we were raised? Because oh. we know, I know that's a big topic. Um, cause we were, I mean, we were raised with a lot of limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and that we were supposed to do certain things a certain way because that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Why? And why is it so like what I guess my question is what do you think the fear like what's the fear of our parents or their parents about it's a fear of acceptance it all just from other people no well I mean I think it that's like a very fast track way of getting there yeah it boils down all fears which so ultimately it's life or death but our culture is just I mean there's kids that are like in high school in India, you got to take the, this exam, this big exam. Kids that fail commit suicide. Like it, this is a real thing. It's big. And it's because they like, and they commit suicide before they even go home. They find out that they failed. So they, out of that, just, Oh my God, my life is over. I can't even face my parents. I, and they go, take their own lives and that's that's crazy to me and it's because if like the thought the whole thought process of that I failed so like I failed this test this test and education my educational success is what my parents are riding on mm -hmm. meaning not my parents livelihood my parents reputation because I am a product of my parents yeah and they own me yeah therefore if i failed they'll view it as they failed because i failed them and now they will be ashamed to show their face in public to the other people whose children's succeeded and that whole dynamic like for us here in i mean here in america we don't have the same thing but our, i mean our parents came here with having been raised in India, right? So that's just one example of how societal comparisons, it's so, so big. Like, 
the whole keeping up with the Joneses concept is so big in the South Asian community. It's it's a it's like a plague. It's an epidemic, mm-hmm. but it's been like that for years. Right. And to show, just to highlight how detrimental it has been to us, how detrimental fear has been to South Asians, we created the number zero. Arithmetic, math was built in India. Along with you, everybody's meditating, everybody's doing yoga, everybody's doing these deep breathing. I mean, like, so much ancient wisdom that literally is still there, but is completely being neglected because it comes from faith. It is in Faith Magazine. And everybody subscribed to fear. So all we are are potential doctors, lawyers, and engineers. So the whole, we're smart. That's all we can be. We can't be creative. Bollywood's the biggest movie industry in the world. Mm -hmm. What do you mean we can't be creative? So that whole stigma, that whole, that's a limitation. It's a massive limitation. We can only be now well, doctors, lawyers, engineers, and now tech, like yeah. tech gurus or call center people. Like it, there's just no logic. Like it's, it, we have stereotyped ourselves and we put that onto the, the next generation and the next generation. That's interesting. That I think that's why we fast track, like you mentioned earlier, that we have grown at a pace that's, not normal and I think that's because we have done without knowing what we were doing we just stepped out because there was just so much uh, dis-ease there was so much dis-ease in the way that we were living our lives that, that, that misalignment mm-hmm. and we were like no no this, the, w- w- there's, there's more there's more to this this is not life I mean we drove by our old home just a f- like a week ago or something and kind of creepy I yeah I mean we didn't whatever it was my idea (laughs) (laughs) we drove by it and it was just like wow so cool that we bought and sold a house and we had built that house but so cool that we're not stuck um, that was a big like I literally I literally remember saying to you that we I'd probably be pregnant right now nothing wrong against it mm-hmm. I'm hoping to be a mother one day but at this moment in our lives that is not the right thing but it probably would have been because we both would have kept our jobs mm-hmm. and then the next step would have been the next way to make a change in our lives would have been to yeah have children yeah that would have been the next thing right and and our parents would have been happy. Well, everybody would have yeah. been. And that, that's where, like, that's just such a testament to what you mentioned fear is a shapeshifter. And it is. It's just this dark cloud that follows you around. And when you least expect it, it strikes. And if you figure out, oh, fear is going to strike me in this way, you got another thing coming. It's going to hit you from this side. It knows everywhere that you're unguarded. Because it created your shield, your ego, right? Like we talk, edge got out. Mm-hmm. Ego, E-G-O, edge got out. I heard that from Wayne Dyer, and it's so true. You don't develop an ego until you edge got out. And fear, your ego is a shield to protect your heart of hearts. 
and it knows where to strike and it will at all times. And the whole pregnant thing, like selling the house thing, like people, people's reluctancy to understand that their discomfort and that their, that thorn in their side is coming from fear blows my mind. So I have a question to kind of to end this out. Yeah. What do you think are three ways to start to even recognize that number one, fear is not something that you're fearing that fear is actually running your life. Three steps, something tangible that we can do. Observe. You have to observe yourself. You need to know what emotions you're feeling. If you're having a lack of energy, anything, you have to observe yourself. Um, from there, you can become self-aware. So self-awareness, you have to be commit. Like you, you have to want to see the other side. The whole, the grass is always greener on the other side has been misconstrued. It's not from my side to your side. It's from fear side back to faith side. Mm-hmm. So you have to be committed to getting back to the that side, the side that we were built with, built for. And three, you just got to be relentless. I love it. Because fear can't win unless you let it. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think... Fear that like this topic is something that's evergreen in the sense that it's going to keep showing up. Yeah, and that fear, makes it fun. fear will show up in the form of death, in the form of broken bones, in the form of st- terrible, horrible chips, things. A bag of chips. A like, bag of chips, yeah. You like name it. Pizza. Yeah. It'll come in many different forms and. We just have to know our truest self, where we're trying to go and what our purpose is, and then see if the decision we're about to make is serving us or not. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, like it's constant. So I think understanding and knowing your fears, mm-hmm. knowing who, like the personification of your fear, mm-hmm. as well as knowing the personification of your best self yeah. is so important. Mm-hmm. Really cool. But I think that's a big reason or that's a big how on getting out of your way. Yeah, absolutely. Just understanding fear. Yeah. Understand it and don't try to be fearless because you cannot. Right. You will just over time fear less. Just put a space between the two words and uh, keep it moving. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Me Versus Me. And we hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely. Till next time, stay focused.